All right, we're diving right into it today because time is a factor. The group buy for this board, the Icky 68 Aurora round two closes tomorrow. That's the 26th. The group buy for the KBD 67 Lite round three opens today. Now that currently holds my top spot for the best entry level board, but a ton of people hyped up the Icky 68 Aurora to me. So today we're gonna get deep into it. You ready? Let's go. The Icky 68 Aurora from Wuche Studios is packed with different build options and extras to really dial it in for your personal taste. As I said, this is currently an unlimited group buy, but not for long. I've seen a lot of sponsored coverage of this board. This video is not sponsored. No money changed hands for this at all. They did send this unit out for review, but it's such a rough early prototype, it actually required me to do some soldering on the PCB to fix some issues. The price on the standard wired kit is 135, and it includes this carry case that feels like a synthetic micro suede, polycarb top and bottom case, polycarb plate, silicone plate dampener, and case dampener. You also get a coiled USB cable here. It's still not a proper replacement for a true custom, but it is is probably the nicest I've seen included in a kit, plus your swappable badge and a logo chip. Like I said, the wired PCB I have here today is a hand soldered prototype. The mass production versions are black instead of green. It's really thin at 1.2 millimeters. It has flex cuts galore and it has hot swap that supports multi layout. That is really rare to see, let alone at an entry level price point. What this means is you can choose between stepped caps or regular. You can go ANSI or ISO layout on the same board. You can split your backspace and your left and right shifts. There's enough room in the layout that you can run a full standard right shift with stabilizers, which isn't really common in a 65% layout, or a split setup like this with a 1.75 U shift and a single U key, leaving you full use of your bottom rung. This is stuff you normally see in a soldered board, so to see this here in a hot swap PCB is pretty wild. All that flexibility does come at a cost though. The most obvious is that there's no per key RGB here, but they also have to get very creative with switch orientation. Most of the sockets here are south facing. Enter and your backslash key are rotated. Running the split shift, you have inverted or north facing switches, and most notably, the Space bar is north facing only in full bar config. Now, this isn't an issue if you're running certain switches like these Wuche onions that they sent out, which are actually very good. But if you're running some of the more common switches like Gap Black Inks or NK Creams, you are going to run into interference with GMK caps. The rotated switches aren't the issue, but the inverted or north facing switches cause interference with both GMK and the new Novel Keys PBT, like this Taro set. If you're not familiar, interference is where the top housing of that switch hits the inside of the keycap somewhere before that switch depresses all the way. In my experience, it doesn't feel bad, but it doesn't sound great. You get like this high pitched, like plasticky clacky sound that comes along with it. On something like the shift, not really a big deal, but the space bar hurts because you're gonna be all over that thing all the time. Wuche does offer four additional PCBs that you can pick up as extras, which incorporate more features, including per key RGB with the expense of a more restrictive layout. They also offer this with a Bluetooth wireless PCB as a kit option for 159, but you'll have to spring for your own battery. Both PCBs in the kit include support for both QMK and VIA. They also have loads of extras that include everything from aluminum case tops, tons of different plate options, six different PCB options, even a brass internal weight. It is important to point out that stabilizers are not included. Due to the reduced thickness of the PCB, standard stabs require a couple janky extra steps, so it's best to just grab a set from Wuche as well. That'll get you for another 19 bucks. You'll have to lube and assemble these yourself, and they have a really interesting design I've never seen before where the wire actually clips in from the bottom of the housing. Sheesh, that felt like a lot. The case I'm using today is in charcoal, and this is a round one case. This color is not available in the R2 buy, 
but it's important to note that everything in round two is compatible with the R1 case. So if you need some extras for your R1 or you just regret not picking up an option when you had the chance, you can pick up anything you need to as part of the round two group buy. Getting into the build, in the lower case, we see metal standoffs used throughout. That's really good to see. We also have a very unique gasket mounting system here where we have 10 different chips that act as lower support for the gaskets. You can use however many you want in any position you want, and that allows you to really dial in the firmness or the flexiness of the final build. They give you the option to use either silicone or poron gaskets. I'm gonna use silicone because every gasket mount board I've ever owned has poron, so I wanna change it up. The recommended Wuche config is to pull the middle, top, and bottom, and the sides. Throughout the numerous amount of builds of this board for this video, I bounced back and forth between whether or not to leave the lower support in under the spacebar. Ultimately, I wound up leaving that out in my final config due to the acoustics. You can also decide how much of the provided silicone to include. You've got a big wedge in the bottom that has three separate sections to make way for the optional brass weight and the Bluetooth battery, as well as one that goes in between the plate and the PCB. Due to the incremental gasket mounting system, the flex cuts, and the included polycarb plate, you start with a shocking amount of flex and then can dial it back as you need to find your perfect balance of feel and acoustics. There is no daughter board here, so you have to be responsible with the amount of flex and understand your limits so you don't damage the port, which is not covered by warranty. There's a ton of different variables when you're building this board. I rebuilt it like 12 times for this video. There's not enough hours in the day to cover every config, so we'll just hit some highlights. Running it with no dampening at all understandably sounds pretty hollow, brittle, I guess. It's not a low tone. It's pretty clacky, pretty harsh, not what I look for in a board. From there, as you add in silicone, it just sort of dials up the muting and reduces the flex. Even with all the silicone in, it doesn't really reduce the amount of flex you feel during the typing experience, just the amount of flex you can demonstrate on camera by really pushing on the board. It still feels great. If I weren't gonna buy anything outside of the stock kit, this is probably how I'd run this board. But the real magic with this board happens with the pour-on kit that's available in extras. This kit is a thin sheet that goes between the PCB and the switches and stabs, and another thicker sheet that goes in between the plate and the PCB. And this is the sound right here. All the pour-on up top and the silicone in the lower and you're gold. You even get to retain a bit more flex in this configuration versus running the silicone top as well. And it just sounds musical. For comparison, we'll hear it next to the KBD67 Lite, kitted out with the same switches and caps. If you're running the wired version and you don't have to worry about a place to hide the battery down there, you can use some of the more traditional DIY mods like polyfill and PE foam. There are 16 downfiring LEDs in there to provide some underglow, but the effect again here doesn't really hit for me, so I'd do it anyway. I like the sound of the tape mod, but the more boards I try it on, the more I realize that it just kind of makes every board sound the same. Good news is that you can use the tape mod here on the PCB without really reducing the flexiness of the board at all. What you need to know here is there's almost an infinite amount of ways that you can customize this board, but if you do decide to buy this kit, I think it would be a big mistake to miss out on the pour-on add-on. Other stuff to know, the aluminum top option is purely aesthetic. It doesn't seem to do anything to change the sound, but it is done really well, like the finish looks great. You also have a little chip here that sits in the case that's backlit. You can 
can customize one of these out of cardstock if you want. Using the aluminum top blocks this. The badge here is swappable, it's magnetic. It will ship with this one, but they open up customs and add-ons from time to time. Due to the spacious layout of this board, it is quite a bit wider than your typical 65%. It's basically as wide as a TKL. Lastly, it's just a really fiddly board. I had to really work with the stab on the inner key to get it to return properly. You do need to be careful about proper plate alignment so your top row or your space bar doesn't bind on the case, and there's obviously hundreds of different combinations and ways to assemble this thing. All in between the wired base kit, the basically necessary stabilizers, and the pour-on extras, you're looking at 173 US. Want to add an aluminum top, and you're looking at 222. Looking at the KBD67 Lite, that board is going to launch for Black Friday at $99. It does include stabilizers too, but this time around, you will have to lube and assemble those yourself. The round one I reviewed came totally pre-assembled, stabilizers included, and it was great. I'll link that video down in the description if you haven't seen it yet. You won't have any layout flexibility, but all the sockets are south-facing. It has per-key RGB as opposed to underglow, and I think it sounds really good right out of the box in the stock config without any add-ons. Supports QMK and VIA as well. I like the feel and the sound of the ABS versus the polycarb case, and it's a smaller footprint overall. There is wireless available as well, but same situation where you're on your own for the battery. Both are group buys, and in my opinion, both are worth the wait. I know KBD fans has really made efforts to keep the KBD67 light in stock all the time, but manufacturing and shipping the way it is now, it's just tough. You can expect to pay more for it if and when they can reliably keep that in stock. Like a lot of things in this hobby, it just comes down to what you want. I don't think there's a wrong answer here. Both of these boards represent the top two spots in what's considered the entry-level custom category. I'm personally partial to the KBD67 Lite because it's really easy to set up and get great results, and the price point more accurately reflects entry-level. The Icky 68 is all about options, and you can keep piling on extras and tweaking the board until your heart's content, so it makes for an excellent sandbox board if you have a little more room in the budget and you really want to learn a lot about keyboards. I think the only real objective downside to the Icky 68 is that you will have situations with this board where you do run into interference if you're not careful about your switch choice and your keycaps. Any questions, hit me in the comments and I'll do my best to answer those before the group buy ends and I'll catch you all in the next one. Stay up.